Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hello Australia, welcome to My Millennial Money. I'm Glenn James and it's so great that you've joined us today. You've got a new idea. I get hundreds of ideas throughout the year. It's just ridiculous. Some of these ideas that you have might be big, some might be small, but I think it's important to have a framework in place that you can methodically go through to make sure that the idea is worth doing and worth sticking at. And speaking of worth doing, there's one thing that you need to do, and that is turn over to Gen Z Money, the podcast for people under 24 years old, because the host of Gen Z Money, Azaria Bell, is joining me right now on the podcast. Hey, Azaria, how are you? Hey, Glenn. I'm great. Thank you. How are you? I'm not too shabs. Now, Gen Z Money, it's good. Like Some people listen to it who are over 24. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Some of our older listeners give it to their children to listen to who might be late teens. So we get a a good mix of listeners on Gen Z Money. But basically, the reason that Azari hosts it is she's a dialed in, switched on, like money chick and she's hip and cool and all that. And I don't (laughs) even sound, I sound old saying hip and cool. Uh, So Azaria, um, you relate to people that are under 24. So what have you got coming up on the Gen Z Money podcast? Well, I'm super excited because we've just wrapped up a mini series on buying your first house. um, And that went really well. We had John and Emily from My Millennial Property on a few episodes. So I actually learned a ton in the process of um, recording those episodes. But the next one that we've got coming up is an investing mini series. So everything you need to know about the real basics basics of investing. So we're talking about um, how to get started, what's an ETF, what's a managed fund, talking about some micro investing platforms, all of that kind of stuff, breaking it down really, really simply so that anyone can get a good understanding of investing. I love that because, you know, on the My Millennial Money uh, podcast here, I have done some deep dives with Vince Scully and they have kind of been set at intermediate advanced level. Mm -hmm. So if you do want to kind of get a refresher, or if you are new to the My Millennial Gen Z world, definitely jump over and subscribe to Gen Z Money because uh, it's a growing podcast, Azaria. You're having a lot of fun. You're doing a lot of great things. And I'm so proud of the podcaster that you've become. Oh, thanks, Glenn. I appreciate it. (laughs) So you ready to have a chat about um, what to do when we get an idea? Yeah, I need this. So I'm ready to ask you a million questions. Okay, so I've got this list. Uh, there's 11 things on there, Azaria, and I've emailed you the list. Mm-hmm. And I guess the purpose of this list is to provide a bit of a framework for people who, one, might be too scared to pull the trigger on something, mm-hmm. two, get a million ideas and want to know when to execute, how to execute, all that stuff. And three, this list you know, while one to 11 might not, you know, scratch your itch, you might be able to pick out one or two things uh, that could work. So, yes, it's kind of an order uh, of things to do, but I believe, you know, these things that, you know, if 10 of them suck and you hear one thing and you're encouraged and you execute, uh, it's been a good encouragement and a, a great episode for you. So, you get an idea. It could be starting a business, like I want to start this business mm-hmm. or I want to buy a house. I want to start an investment portfolio. I want to move overseas once COVID's over. I want a side hustle. Like there are so many kind of cool ideas that come into our mind, isn't there, Azaria? Oh, yeah, every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like what have you traditionally done? Like, 
you know, when you've got an idea, are you like a journaler or anything like that? Um, yeah. So at the moment this year, I've had just for some reason, tons and tons of ideas, which is a great feeling. Cause we all know like being super uninspired is, is really demotivating if that's a word. Mm. Um, yeah. but because I've been having so many ideas this year, my strategy is just writing them down. Um, yep. and I've got a big list because I know that I've only got capacity for so many things at one time on top of, you know, full-time work, hosting Gen Z money and all these other, other projects. So for me this year, it's kind of having a list of projects and then just starting to work on them as I've got the capacity for them. Yeah. Cause I think the capacity, uh, it fits in three ways. Um, and ideally, you want the three things all at once to make an idea worth doing. And I believe that's the time, that's the emotional or mental headspace mm-hmm. or the capacity. And a lot of the times our ideas are linked to money. So, you know, the holy trinity of ideas to execute, you really want the headspace, you want the time and you want the money. Yep. So, if you have an idea, awesome, write it down. It doesn't mean you have to do it tomorrow but it doesn't mean it's not going to be a thing in a couple of years or a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And before you go any further, I would probably be shot by my team, particularly Jess Pearson, if I did not mention the My Money Journal. And that journal will help you with executing an idea and getting out of your head. So if you want to have a look at the journal, there's only a few left because we did a limited run of, uh, I think 500 or so, like there wasn't many. Um, but there's been so many people uh, who have purchased those. So there's a handful left. So if you want a pen and paper type, you know, scenario, uh, check out the My Money Journal. So Zaria, like you've had a million ideas. How have you in your own life kind of pulled the trigger on the ideas? Uh, What have you done? What can be something that, you know, might encourage someone with their idea? I think it's hard when you've got a million ideas to know where to start. So for me, definitely kind of triaging the ideas in order of priority um, and what's most important and what's the best use of my time generally helps me know where to get started. Yeah. And I think that kind of, it's a good flow into my first point is you've got to sit on the idea for a little while. Generally, the bigger the idea, the more time needed. So like if I want to run for the US president, can't do it tomorrow, but you know, (laughs) when I'm 88 years old, I can have a crack. Uh, Like, you know, if I decide whether I want to go and, you know, I went down to Coles tonight and bought some dinner, I don't need to sit on that idea for a week. Mm. So, it's the, it's the difference between, you know, I want to be the world leader and zipping down to the shop. But certainly, if you wanted to start a business, that type of idea, it might not happen overnight. Mm-hmm. It could take a few months. But if also you've triaged it and you're like, well, we do want to buy a house or an investment property we really do need to triage this and sit on it to make sure it is the right thing. Mm. Uh, Because that magical thing of time, money and headspace, we know that it could be harder to save a house deposit for say, I'll make a number up, $40,000, rather than starting a business and maybe just cash flowing a little bit more. So maybe we have to sit on all the ideas and then start to triage and sit on it. But I, I, I would caution you know, a lot of people get stuck with this analysis paralysis and this list will probably help you. uh, But I don't think it's a good idea to sit on the idea for too long. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. I mean, I know for myself, even last night, I had an idea for like a social cause that I want to do something for. And it's, it's, you know, it's right in my head. I'm super, super passionate about it. I just want to get on my laptop and start working. But I know that I've got about 10 million other priorities that are also, you know, scheduled in my calendar. How do you yeah. deal with the, the concept of parking an idea when you're so passionate about it and you're scared that you're going to kind of lose that momentum? I think, and this is just from my point of view, I've had this problem because I'm a doer and I get so excited. And, mm. you know, if I've got an idea, sometimes I get so excited I can't sleep. <laughs> um, but that feeling, it doesn't mean it's a good idea. And it also doesn't mean it's the right time. Yeah, that's So, true. you're leading me down this garden path. If I go to point two, what about you check with someone who has your back? Mm. Can you get a mentor? Can you get somebody who isn't a jealous bitch or isn't some <laughs> someone who's going to just pull you down or he might say, well, you can't do that. And she might go, that's dumb. Mm. Like, I think it's so important 
to have a trusted person in your life or even one or two people that are for you. And you can say, look, I've got this idea. Number one, what do you think? Number two, do you reckon I could do this within a year, within six months? So Mm. I think, you know, every idea, and it could even be goal, an idea, a goal or whatever that is, it does need that layer of time. It does need that. I need to just get a sense check. Yeah, totally. And I've had found something I've found really interesting as well is when I have an idea or a new goal, I'm really careful now to, as you said, tell someone trusted who you know is on a, you know, in a similar mindset, is goals oriented, but also be careful not to tell too many people and kind of feel that you've achieved something before you've actually gone and done anything, because that's going to discourage you from actually putting in the action and putting in the work to make it happen. Absolutely. And what I've learned because I am such a doer and I get excited, I actually have to not act on it. Mm. Um, And it, you know, I've got a company and I've got to call the accountant to get them to close it down that I had two years ago and it had nothing to do with money, podcasting or whatever. And I was so pumped up and I was going to do it. And yeah. And I spent, you know, $1,500 setting up the unit trust and the, you know, the company (laughs) structure and I'm going to make all this money and a passion. But upon reflection, you know, the, the lust wore off. Mm-hmm. So you've got to work out if your idea is love or lust. Is that profound? Yeah, actually profound that's a really good point. Yeah, no, yeah. that's totally true. Absolutely. And then when you're talking about talking to a mentor as well, what kind of, how do you know that someone's a good person to discuss your idea with? Because I know for me, obviously, your friends even can be the most well-meaning friends uh, on earth, but they could yeah. accidentally squash your passion or squash your idea when you tell them just because they, they're looking out for you. Yeah. And I will say all this stuff that we're talking about, uh, we're getting a lot of listeners over 50 years old, which is awesome. We're getting a lot of listeners over 60, which is awesome. You've got to remember, this is called My Millennial Money and all the principles are actually the same for every age. Mm -hmm. It's just the language we use and, you know, my vibe as a millennial, like that's all it is. Like, so I will say all this stuff is for any age. Um, But what I've found with encouraging people and friends in my life It's a really weird thing, but I need to talk to people who are more successful than me. Absolutely. Because if I talk to someone who might, and it sounds really weird, talk to someone who might um, not be successful or might have this weird jealousy thing or I'm getting some vibe it's really hard to get encouragement from someone who is not doing as good as you because sometimes human nature comes in and they might want to pull you down without knowing it. Exactly. And it's also rare that you get a lot of criticism from people that are doing better than you either. If they're genuinely doing better and they're happy with what they're doing, it's rare that they're going to be the ones to try and pull you down. Absolutely. Yeah, it's fascinating. So point three, like I think, you know, we need to set a dollar budget. Mm -hmm. And you might say, well, yeah, I want to get an idea to buy an investment property. Yeah, it's going to happen. I need a 20 or $30,000 deposit. That's probably okay to quantify or some type of goal. I want to do some extra study or whatever that is. But if you don't have an exact dollar amount, I think we need to get some type of good idea Mm -hmm. and maybe be conservative with some estimates just so we know. Yeah. And what's the best way to start that? I know for myself, when ideas come into your head and they're, you know, they're coming so quickly, even just writing down the no- in the notes in my phone, a rough idea of costs, how do you normally approach stuff like that? Yeah. So for me, it is uh, research and um, I'll slid up a little teaser. We haven't announced it yet, but it'll be announced very soon. Uh, we are looking at doing a national tour to every mm-hmm. capital city. Good. Now, this is a big idea and we'll formally announce it and all that. It's coming up in the coming months. But I've got a spreadsheet and I've just got it up in front of me now. And what I've done is, so I've got these columns just as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, flights, accommodation, food, ground transport, venue, PA, food and drinks for the actual event. So the food was for the team, uh, local photographer, local paid volunteers, door prizes, 
So, I, what I've done, and then there's different columns like for Glenn, John, Jess, and Nathan, uh, you know, flights, accommodation. So, I've kind of put all this stuff in as a skeleton and then we start researching and, you know, there's a there's green. Um, once we know the cost of something, we lock it in green. Mm-hmm. So, what I did with this event, uh, because it's going to cost a freaking fortune, <laughs> Uh, we've got some really cool um, brands that are going to help bring this event to you. But it was just to get a straw person, straw man. You probably can't say straw man anymore, but. Straw- I'll allow it, Glenn. <laughs> Thank you. I tell, I'm telling everyone right now, I'm getting cancelled in about 12 years <laughs> for saying something dumb like straw man. Um, <laughs> it's, um, it's just like, so I just throw it all up on the wall, conservative, like. Yep, this is the cost. That's the cost. So, and then we'll charge a ticket price. And so, everyone who comes will get food and get drinks and it'll be a fun night. So, I go, oh, that's a big amount, but oh, I think it might be possible. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we've got a heap of quotes for venues. And then we go, yeah, well, that venue will throw in the venue if you pay food and drink. So, then we start to firm it up. So, it's this kind of distilling mm-hmm. of um, figures. So, you know, not all ideas have that money component. Uh, a lot of ideas will have the time and the headspace component, but it might have a soft dollar component by the way of you might decide for your idea to take leave without pay mm. for two months to travel. So that's it. That's a soft dollar. So. And I also find with whatever resource you need for your idea, whether it is money or time or you know, you know, mental space. I'm really learning now to get creative with getting those resources, trying to move away from being the person that does everything, the person that funds everything. Uh, it can be so taxing, you know, obviously mentally and physically. Um, so now getting creative thinking, is there anyone who would be willing to help fund this idea? Do I know anyone who's an expert in this area who might be willing to lend a hand in doing that? Um, and it sounds similar to what you're doing with getting sponsors for the, the tour, getting creative with how you're going to fund that. Totally. It's a risk. Like everything's a risk. You know, I feel naughty talking about it because we haven't gone to market yet, everyone. We haven't <laughs> gone to market. We will be going to market soon. Uh, hopefully by the end of this week, if you're listening. Um, so it's a risk because for the tour, like COVID's still a real thing Mm. and I can't do like Sydney, Melbourne, you know, Hobart in one week. So we've had to pay more and go first week Brisbane, second week Canberra, third week Hobart, fourth week Adelaide and Perth. They're the kind of only two that I'll squeeze. So, you know, so if Melbourne gets locked down, I don't have a flight with a team through there. So Mm. yeah, we've had to manage risk with this idea. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a, uh, it's a wild time. Uh, so what do you got there as uh, point four? So actually writing down the ideas on pen and paper and weighing up mm. the positives and negatives. And that's probably, you can probably consider risk in that as well, just as you were saying. Yeah. And again, this for me came out when I was, you know, writing some of the content for the My Money Journal. Uh, it's almost like a brain dump. So literally, you know, a drawer of tea on the bit of paper, positive, negative, and just brain dump. What are all the good things? What are all the positives that could come out of this idea? Mm. And then go, okay, devil's advocate. What are all the disasters that could happen? What are the risks? And so, yeah, it could be risk reward. You know, the business students, you know, probably SWOT SWOT analysis. analysis, Yeah. Oh, I hated them. I was such, when I was like starting um, the financial planning business, Fortify Financial, you know, the business people are like, you got to do a SWOT analysis. I'm like, I'm doing my thing. And if they don't want to be a client, I don't care, but I'm doing it my way. (laughs) But it is legitimate because, you know, there are things that are outside of your control that need to be weighed up with your idea. Exactly. That's it. Now, following that, number five, I like to think, you know, you need to make a call on a percentage chance that the thing will actually happen. That's really hard when you're so passionate about an idea because you want to believe 100% that it's a great idea. (laughs) I know. But maybe, okay, so maybe you just got to use data and be like, Mm. look, I'm writing 
um, you know, at least 10 positives, at least as many negatives as I can. Mm -hmm. And what you could do, you could be like, well, I'm just going to weigh up the negative and positive stuff that I've wrote down as a percentage. Mm -hmm. That's a good idea. So I had, so I had 70% of things that I wrote down that were positive because I think, and this is the cool thing. You could go back to your mentor or someone trusted in your life and say, Hey, could you help me with a, you know, a percentage thing? So I honestly think, um, anything above 70 is a goer mm-hmm. in my life. I don't think a hundred percent is guaranteed. I mean, sure. The, the idea of going down to Coles tonight and getting dinner. Yeah. That's probably a 99.9% goer. You know what I <laughs> yeah, mean? Like definitely. once I leave, um, but starting a new business, um, you know, Glenn James doing, you know, eyebrows mm-hmm. at a shopping center, mm-hmm. probably not a goal because I'm probably not the best at doing eyebrows. Or hairstyling. Uh, or hairstyling. Yeah. <laughs> Can't style my own hair. So I think it's just good to actually get some data out there and go, yeah, I reckon there's an 80% chance here. I'll give it a good shake. Mm-hmm. And leaning on someone else for an objective take on that as well. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Number six, this is an interesting one. And I'm happy to share what we did with uh, the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what have you got there for number six? So you said drawing a line in the sand. Mm. So I'm curious to know what how that is put in practice. Yeah, so it can be kind of multifaceted. Mm. I think it can be a start date. So if that is um, I want to do a side hustle or I want to move overseas or I want to start a business or I want to uh, do some education or change careers or whatever, I think you need to go, look, there's a line in the sand coming and, you know, by 1st of July, this thing's got to hit the sky. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then- you need to do a line in the sand, depending on what the idea is. I mean, some ideas won't have this if it's studying or it probably could, that I'm going to keep going with this idea come hell or high water for six months, 12 months or whatever. Mm -hmm. Because you need to commit to it and give it a really good shake for a period of time. So when we started My Millennial Money, We started it in April 2018, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, I said to John and Aaron at the time, I'm like, hey, I think this has got legs. Before we even start number one, we are committing, we're going to go for 12 months and we will reassess in April. Mm -hmm. So if we get three listeners an episode, we are going through because you could get picked up by the Daily Telegraph uh, in February, Mm -hmm. the year after. So you need to be around long enough Um, And it was almost April when, you know, it was almost that 12 months when we kind of had that discussion uh, with Erin and she couldn't keep going. Yeah. It was just really beneficial for us to go, we're committing to this for Mm. a year. Yeah. Or even like you've got to really look at uh, the money side as well. I'm going to, you know, if this goal is I want to – I'll make something up. There's a lot of people listening who are into riding horses. I want to start riding horses and then become a jackaroo or a jackass or I don't know. Like, aren't they like horse people or something? I actually don't. A jockey? I don't know. No, 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 no. I'm going to definition. I'm, I'm looking on Google. Yeah. I don't know enough about it. Oh, them. there we go. <laughs> um, definition. A young man working on a sheep or cattle station to gain experience. So- <laughs> And I wonder if there's a Jack S. <laughs> uh, I'm just definition female Jackaroo. This is quality content, people. <laughs> we're, um, we're learning together here. Oh, sorry, Jillaroo, of course. Oh yeah, that's right. Yes, that's Jillaroo. I got there in the end, everyone. <laughs> that can be our word I mean, of the that, day. Yeah, totally, Jillaroo. Um, so it could be um, that. I'm going to spend, you know, up to $5,000 on horse training. Uh, And if I don't land my real job as a cowboy or a cowgirl, by the time I've spent $5,000, I'm walking away. Mm -hmm. Or it could be a combination of both. So, again, it's almost like with your idea, you need a, a, a business proposal for your idea. So, it's on paper or Excel spreadsheet. This is the time I'm starting. This is... um the amount of money I'm spending, I've checked with my mentor, I'm not insane, mm-hmm. um, 
all this stuff. That's exactly what I did recently. I had an idea for a project um, and I knew someone who was an expert in that subject matter. Ran the idea past them. They said, that sounds great. I said, you know what I'm going to do, mate? I'm going to write you a, a business proposal. It's going to be a full, you know, 10 page proposal and I'm going to present it to you next week on Thursday. And for me, having knowing that I had promised someone else something, even though they weren't going to get anything out of it, it really pushed me to actually get that done. Because I don't know what you're like with this, Glenn, and I'm sure you've had to deal with this plenty of times in your career, but self-inflicted timelines often aren't enough for me because the only person that loses is me. I'm not going to be letting anyone down if I, you know, push something out a couple of weeks. So how do you manage that when you've got no one to be accountable to? Oh, gosh. I mean, so that timeline of a year with the podcast, it worked because there was more than just me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would probably say, can you give yourself a reward? Okay. Or can you? So like, for example, when I was in Melbourne last week, I had to get a new watch band on my watch. So I went into the watch store. Uh, and for those who know watches, it's a Speedmaster. Um, and I was looking at other watches. And I wanted a new watch. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Now, this watch was very expensive. Now, I've gone, no, Glenn, you bloody idiot. Mm -hmm. Um, That's ridiculous. Um, First of all, I haven't slept on it. Second of all, I didn't wake up today wanting a new watch. Mm -hmm. So, it was like, oh, I need this watch. (laughs) But what I've done is if I achieve a goal in uh, my business life or whatever. <laughs> it reminds me of the uh, Australia Post Cartier watch scandal for those listening. Uh, I'm going to treat myself with a watch. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. I think you need to know how you operate. And if in doubt, could you do something with your friend or mentor? Mm, like An accountability buddy. Yeah. Like, hey, friend or mentor, uh, I'm going to give you $500. Um, I, if I meet it by this time, um, give you my money back. If I don't, uh, you can earn $20 a week that I'm overdue or something. I don't know. Like, yeah. Have you heard of the YouTuber Thomas Frank? No. No? So people who are listening, they might know who he is. He kind of does videos about study and productivity and he did a similar thing. He had a goal, I think, of waking up at like 5am every morning. So he somehow set up an automatic tweet to go out at like 5.01 every morning and saying that like I failed my goal of waking up at 5am because he needed that accountability to get him out of bed and he didn't want to be seen as a failure to his thousands of followers. So you can get creative with it. You need something to hold you accountable. That's it. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Um, All right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and share the final tips and also an example of an idea Azaria had and she told me about and it was a, an example of it was actually the wrong time and I did it anyway. And it was a joke. <laughs> joke was on me. All right, we'll be right back. <laughs> if you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. All right, Azaria, we are back. It's probably a good time to announce the idea that you had and we worked it together. I said, let's do it. I tried to do it myself. I didn't have the time or the headspace, had the money. And this is kind of some of these things came out of this um, failure that I had, <laughs> which is just fascinating. Like totally, we had the money sitting there to do it, mm-hmm. but I didn't have the time or the headspace to, to do it. And my team didn't at the time. Yeah, yeah. So after we got involved, I delayed it because I wasn't, I didn't have the headspace. Mm-hmm. Jess and the team ended up salvaging the project. Yes. And it cost us more because we engaged a third party to to do the design and all that where Jess could have done it if I just waited. Yeah, definitely. That was that was a hard one. So are, are we allowed to talk about what it is? Yeah, yeah, let's do it because oh, cool. we'll launch it right now. Okay, yeah. sweet. <laughs> have you consulted with anyone else on the team about this, Glenn? I'm going to say, I'm going to guess no. Not about the launch, no. No, okay, perfect. <laughs> It's on the website, yeah. Okay, perfect. <laughs> it will be, by the time people listen to this, it will be totally available to purchase. Perfect, awesome. So, yeah, so we had the idea of 
starting a product for my Millennial Money listeners, which is uh, conversation cards all about money. Um, So obviously there's a bit of a taboo around money, not hopefully for our My Millennial Money listeners because, you know, you guys are super cool. You think about money all the time. Um, But we really wanted to put out a pack of cards that foster conversations around money. Um, super, super excited about it. I think I, I think I called you up and I was like, Glenn, this is going to be the best thing ever. We're going to launch this before Christmas and everyone's going to love it. Uh, Christmas rolls around. We are nowhere near launching. <laughs> <laughs> but how much of a like an excited puppy dog am I with a good idea? <laughs> exactly, exactly. We're both so keen. Um, but what we hadn't really considered is realistic timeframes who are the people that actually are actually going to make it happen knowing that we have other commitments and we don't necessarily you know have the skills to put this together um who can we rely on and uh yeah I guess like uh, things like doing more research and having a better understanding of what the budget would be if we had done those things earlier on we probably would have got it out sooner but I mean totally it just like with anything in life you know the timing's right when it's meant to be right. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah, because I, I think I did like a bit of a soft launch in the Facebook group and on a podcast episode. I don't know, but it was a total disaster. <laughs> but you can purchase the Meaningful Money Cards. Uh, you can go to sortyourmoneyout.com, click shop, and the price is seventeen ninety five plus shipping. Um, and they're a lot of fun. I mean- Azaria, what restaurant did we go to in Brisbane and use them in there? Uh, I think it was Madame Wu. On Madame Wu, yeah, on the, on the brown snake. Yeah, yeah, the brown snake. So you love saying. <laughs> I do. <laughs> so I told. So Glenn was it having a, I don't know lunch on the river or something, and I, he was texting me about it, and I was like, oh yeah, the brown snake, and he was like, oh that's such a cool name. Like now I feel like love a it. real local, and I think you were saying it to the waitresses. They probably thought you were a right weirdo. <laughs> I know. <laughs> But we're at the, like, it's a pretty classy restaurant. Like, you know, the person next to us is like getting engaged and proposed. <laughs> the other one here, it's their like second date and it's cute. And Azari and I are just playing meaningful money cards and having a good old time. Yeah, it was great. I mean, we've known each other for years and I was learning new things about you. So, yeah, it's definitely totally. awesome. So, I mean, yeah, so that was an idea of, um, you know, really good idea and a lot of fun and all that, but just, you know, some of these things just didn't line up Mm -hmm. and we learned the hard way because it actually cost me money and it caused a lot of stress within the team. Mm -hmm. There's this common thread of if I get involved... Oh, man. Well, next time I have, an, I have an idea, I'll just go straight to Jess. Shout out Jess if totally. you're watching this. <laughs> and, and they'll be like, nah, <laughs> go away. So I think number seven, you've got to be open to change along the way. Mm. So it's all about momentum. It's all about just looking for different signs of life. Mm-hmm. And this might not be, um, well, let's, let's just use an example here you know you want to buy a house or an investment property, okay? You're not sure, but you realistically know that either of those endeavours, I might need thirty or $40,000 cash saved. Mm-hmm. So you just need that momentum with saving and I've got a goal of the property and I'm researching the background and, you know, I'm sitting on it for a while, I'm checked with other people, we've got a bit of a dollar budget and it might be that, look, I was going to buy a home to live in, but I can buy a property over here and rent in the city. Mm-hmm. So I think it is about that momentum um, because it's, have you heard that analogy, Azaria, where you could put the biggest freight train in the world dead still and put just like a timber block in front of it or something and it can stop it moving. Mm-hmm. Yep. But like the smallest bit of momentum can move that out of the way. So momentum's really important but you just need to be open to change along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess is a part of that contingency planning? Totally. Totally. Yeah. So if you've got momentum, it's easier to move. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Number eight, I'll let you have this one. Simple, straightforward. What do we got to do? Well, love it. So when you've got all that momentum, what do you do? You just go for it. Get started. I think often the hardest part is just starting. Totally. Totally. Line the line a few ducks up, you know, yeah, it's probably got a 70% chance of happening. I've thought about this for three months, so it's not lust. Um, I love that. 
we need to call the episode Love, Lust and a New Idea. Mm, love that. All right, that down. Uh, <laughs> so, and that's how we name episodes, people. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, you just got to go for it. I mean, just make a call, have support, have a safety net. You know, if you're quitting your work for three months to to go around Australia in a caravan with your family or friends, you might need $10,000 cash to pay for crap while you're away if you don't have someone in your house renting while you're away or whatever. So, we just have to line our ducks up and and go for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And number nine, you've got here, share and celebrate some wins along the way. And I'd love, I think that's a great point. I would love to know, did you do anything like that when you sold your financial planning business, Glenn? How did you celebrate? Uh, I actually took friends out to dinner. Um, We went to, I think we went to my favorite restaurant in Sydney, China Doll Mm -hmm. at Woolloomooloo Wharf. Um, So we went there, I think there was like handful of us and, you know, my shout guys, I'm cashed up Bogan over here. <laughs> and then <laughs> as a, a, a bit of a delayed celebration, when the V8 supercars went to Newcastle, I hired a corporate box for 11 friends and family. Mm-hmm. It was like 10 grand or something for the day. Uh, and that was a big milestone celebration. Mm-hmm. And I did a lot of, I spent a lot of money when I sold that business. <laughs> I love spending on it, having fun. I gave a lot away. I can't account for a lot of it, uh, but we had bloody fun. A lot of people got looked after and <laughs> it was fun. So, you do have to celebrate the wins. Yeah. You really do. Definitely. Uh, even for me, I go on a run with um, my friend Artur every Wednesday. Shout out, shout out Artur if you're listening to this. And he's the person wow. that listens to all of my complaining, all of my ideas. I just dump everything on him. Um, so pretty much just said, once these projects that I've got underway, you know, come to fruition, we're going to go out for a really fancy dinner. Way fancier than we should be going, but that's going to be our way of celebrating. So something to look forward to and encourage you to probably take those steps. Yeah. Number 10, um, double down if it's working. Mm. What do you mean by that? So, I guess I mean, you know, if you're doing something and it's working and you're seeing signs of life, you know, not all the time, um, you know, some's good, more's better. But, you know, if it is part of your strategy to grab the caravan or the van and with your partner go around Australia and we are in a good position that we can do some freelance work. And this kind of, this really suits us and we like it. Mm-hmm. Well, extend the trip another two months. Why not? Like yeah. what you're doing is working. So, you know, you might've started a, a small online business or a, you might've started an electrical business or whatever that is. If it's working, lean into it. But I think it's, it's important along the way to look for signs of life. And you'll know what signs of life are in your thing. So, when we started My Millennial Money, one of the signs of life was month on month, the audience was growing. Mm, that must have been such a good feeling. It was because it's like, okay, um, it must not suck that much. I mean, don't don't ever listen to season one, everyone. Drop the headphones. <laughs> don't listen to season one. There were some episodes where we were talking crap for the first 20 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I remember. talk about, yeah. But so within the weirdness, there was signs of life. Mm-hmm. And you probably found the same thing, Glenn, is when you, when you get onto a good thing, more, or once you have, let's just say, once you have a bit of success, it seems like more success just compounds on that. So you mm. just got to take those steps and things start to come to fruition themselves after a while. Yeah, absolutely. Number 11. What do you reckon? Do you want to read it? Yep. It's okay to quit. Yeah. Hard one to swallow. Totally. And I've I've started like so much stuff that I've quit because it just wasn't working. Mm. What are some examples? Yeah. So when I was um, in 2011, 2012, mm-hmm. um, and I might share it in the Facebook group as an example, um, I started to develop some kids apps Um, because I wanted to like, it was when apps were new and iPads were new. Mm. I I wanted to make an app for my niece and put a character called Gracie in there. 
and and we ended up doing that. And so we made a few different kids apps and I think I spent between 16 and 20 grand and then I just made the judgment call. This, you know, I'm not 100% in this. There was some things with the team and it just, mm. it was really kind of, nah, got to quit. Just wasn't working. There was yeah. no real signs of life. I did achieve what I wanted to do, which was make an app game for Grace. And um, there's a video the intro that we did for the um, app and it was actually called Friends Down Under. And my strategy was to use all Aussie characters and animals, you know, uh, Kip the kangaroo, uh, <laughs> I think it was Quizzy the koala, Lockie the lizard. And, you know, so it was all Gracie's friends down yeah. under. And um, so, yeah, that sucked. I mean, it was good, but it just didn't work. So I quit. Um, the other business that I was talking about that was uh, an offline industry that I started, you know, you know, I started that business in lust, not in love. And- mm you know, nut made the call just last week that nut we're pulling that. I'll tell you offline what that was, but um, yeah, so it's totally okay. And there's a book that we might put in the show notes um, that is one of my favorite books and it's called The Dip by Seth Godin. Mm -hmm. And this is about the premise that you've got to go long enough to give it a chance of happening. Mm. But if it's not happening or if you're at a dead end or a cul-de-sac or a cliff, it's okay to quit. So it's knowing when to quit. So Yeah. And I guess if you put so much effort and so much thought into something and it ends up not working and you've got to quit, you're going to be a bit flat after that. How have you picked yourself up after having to make that call in the past? I believe nothing's wasted and I learned so many lessons from those ventures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, the the kids thing, there was a team of us. Uh, I really understood how to work with a team and what not to have in a team, what to have in a team. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, that was probably the biggest thing, getting, you know, I really learned about teams. And they're the lessons that you can only really learn with experience. Yeah, like I was overseas once and one of the team members was telling the other team members, oh, Glenn's screwing you all and he's selling, and he, you know, just white-handed me to the team. And I'm like, well, Gosh. dude, I'll put all the money. Like, so it was just like, so that's when I was like, nah, this is too hard. And then one of the other team members who was kind of contracting, um, you know, he, I think he still owes me money because we paid him to do something, he never did it. So it was just this whole thing that, you can learn from stuff, good and bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So let's recap and then we might um, tuck this episode to bed. Perfect. And put ourselves to bed as well. Totally. What is it? <laughs> 10 to 9. Yeah, it's a late one. We're recording this on a Thursday night, the 15th of April, mm-hmm. uh, and it will go up on Tuesday, the 20th of April. Look at that turnaround time. Love that. Number one. Sit on it for a while, not too long. Generally, the bigger the idea, the more time needed. Mm -hmm. Number two, check with someone who has your back, a mentor, a good friend, someone who may have done the idea before. And that's important. Um, You know, I've helped a lot of podcasters who could be seen as competition with their idea Mm. because I'm not insecure if someone does a better podcast than me or creates a different podcast. Like, it's it's all good. Um, Number three, set a dollar budget or get a really good idea. This will tie in with kind of sitting on the idea for a while and doing your research and data and due diligence. Number four, write it down on pen and paper. I want you to get two columns, all the positives, all the negatives, brain dump it, baby. We are brain dumping. Number five, work out a percentage chance of it actually happening. And as I said before, I think for me, anything above 70%, I'm willing to take that risk. Next, we've got drawing a line in the sand, um, giving yourself a deadline or, you know, a time frame and when you've got to get that done. And we talked about being self-motivated and also using other people for accountability. We've also got being open to changes along the way, building momentum and being aware of the potential pitfalls that are going to come your way. Number eight, obviously just starting, going for it. The hardest part is starting. So just getting that out of the way. Number nine, sharing and celebrating some of the wins along the way, taking time to be, you know, treat yourself and reward yourself for your hard work. Number 10, double down if it's working. As you said, Glenn, if you're doing something well, you might as well keep going with it. Take it as far as you can. And number 11, it's okay to quit. So good. What a list. Well, Zaria Bell, 
Thank you so much for having a chat. Thank you so much, Glenn James. I just think, like, I think it's just encouraging for me to even reread this. And I hope uh, you out there in podcast land that, you know, whatever your idea or whatever your thing is, distilling if it's love or lust. Mm. Because I know one thing, lust doesn't last. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm not giving (laughs) advice on... (laughs) This is not a relationship advice podcast. This is not a a relationship advice (laughs) podcast, people. (laughs) Imagine if I did one, a relationship advice podcast. I would would unironically love that, Glenn. You should consider it. (laughs) I might do it. Relationships with Glenn James. Um, Amazing. So, yeah. So, hope that's encouraged you. Hope you've learned one thing. And who can you forward this episode to who might get encouraged? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Ta-ta. Sweet dreams. Thanks, Azaria. Thank everyone for listening. You can listen to Gen Z Money wherever you're listening to this. And a ta-ta. Thanks, Glenn. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respect to their elders past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out a21.org.au for more info. If you would like some other giving options or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to thelifeyoucansave.org.au. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. So, Azaria, you are a vegan. I, yes. Where is this going? (laughs) I'm nervous. (laughs) I didn't tell you about this. I don't think I told you this when I was up there. Okay, yeah. When we caught up. Hit me. I pretty much became a vegan for a short period of time. When was this? Uh, Well, it was a couple of months back. um, And I'm going to just pull up the maps. Mm Um because I'm going to share it. Gather around, children. <laughs> Gather around. I was in Canberra a couple of months ago. I'm just going to... And there was a, a vegan restaurant on Ligon, uh, Lonsdale Street. Mm-hmm. Um, Lons, I'm just going to get the name. F- Lonsdale Street. Sorry about the dead air, everyone. <laughs> Sweet Bones. No, that's not it. Um, 80-20? No. Sweet Bones. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Sweet Bones Bakery and Cafe. It's actually on Elura, Elora Street or whatever it's called on the corner of Lonsdale. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically a vegan restaurant. Okay. Yep. Now, I was... Um, Around the corner, and I actually went and got a coffee from Lonsdale Street Roasters. Yeah. And I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go get my coffee, then go back because I parked around the car, around the back street, walk past um, Sweet Bones Vegan Cafe and get a vegan treat. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because I wanted a little afternoon treat with my coffee. Love it. That was a soy flat white because I'm a vegan. (laughs) Yeah. Now, walked into the cafe and I was looking at the food and I was just like, this is bloody amazing. Mm. They had like this this counter and all this beautiful (laughs) vegan food. And I'm like, this is just amazing. And then there was, I walked kind of, I got my vegan treat and walked out, kind of walked past the kitchen and the chef put a plate up, um, you know, someone's vegan lunch. Mm -hmm. And it was, um, had this kind of like, it looked like vegan bacon. Mm, Okay. Yeah. Bacon. 
fake it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh my goodness, that is amazing. <laughs> and I'm thinking, how do they bloody do this? Yeah. You know, these vegans. Like, just nailed it. Nailing it. They got that nice bloody bacon, nice bloody fake eggs, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Got my vegan treat. I'm happy. So good. I'm a vegan now if you're doing bacon that good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Walked out and then walked past the vegan restaurant. I went into the wrong cafe thinking it was the vegan cafe. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, you gave me and so I much thought, hope, Glenn. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, you bloody idiot. I was just like, because I'm like, oh, that's why the bacon looks so good. It's- and that's why the eggs look so good. And oh, I couldn't believe it. I was just like, you bloody idiot. Oh, that's heartbreaking. Every vegan listening to this just... Just felt a little twinge in their because heart. I was so happy because all I want to do in life is make you happy and proud, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I thought, <laughs> yeah, I can be a vegan now. If Azaria can do this, anyone can do it. <laughs> that is so sad. That is I had so much so internal embarrassment. Mm. Actually, mm. while I was um, in Canberra, I went to the War Memorial mm-hmm. and, um, you know, solemn place, really cool. Yeah. And, you know, like, oh, I just need to go to the bathroom. So went into the bathroom. I was like, this is weird. Are they, like, renovating? It was just weird. And, mm. you know, there was just no trough. And then it was just, like, weird because they had the sanitary bin there in the cubicle. And mm, yeah. Yeah, weird, right? <laughs> Very weird. Um, I'm like, okay, this is weird. And walked out. <laughs> And a woman walked in. <laughs> oh, no, Glenn. And I was like, oh, I've just been to the women's toilet. Glenn the predator coming through. I know. I told you I'm getting cancelled. <laughs> Faking veganism, using women's bathrooms. You're lucky the paparazzi um, weren't around. Oh, I was so embarrassed. Like, <laughs> so embarrassed. I couldn't believe it. Oh, no. You know how you just like, how do you even function yeah. as a human? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that was so bad. Oh, that's so, so sad. Well, I'm, I still have hope for your vegan journey. You really enjoyed those spring rolls we had, so I'm hoping that- They were really good. Yeah, they were really good spring rolls. So I'm hoping with more food like that, we can get to you well, over time. Well, I actually, um, I interviewed Peter Singer today, mm-hmm. um, the vegan philosopher dude. I didn't know he was vegan. Oh. He, oh, Azaria. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm the You've worst vegan a, ever. No, he's, like, invented the vegan movement. He, like, I don't know. I was making that up. <laughs> but he was instrumental. Like, he's got a book, um, Animal Liberation. Oh, yeah, no, I do know. Yeah, now I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, he is, like, basically, I asked him last time he was on the show, I was like, are animals equal to humans? Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where, where, like, for me, if I'm donating my money, I would rather give it to a person before an animal. Mm, yeah. But that's just me, right? But I also but think part he's of like, that- He's like the taco thing. Like, why not both? Like, <laughs> but I think part of the reason why we'd rather give to a human cause than an animal is we can relate to humans because we are a human. I mean, I'm sure if, you know, pigs had the opportunity to help a pig or a human, they'd help their fellow pig. So I don't think that's all that bad. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he's 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 episode scheduled. I'm looking at the schedule now on the sixth of May. Mm. So one, two. If when everyone's hearing this, it'll be not in three weeks, basically. Yeah. Um, but I was telling him how I have cut down a fair bit of meat out of my diet, mm-hmm. um, and he, he had a name for it, like. Um, it wasn't like I'm not a vegan, but I'm almost like a. Was it like f- was it reductarian or like yes, flexitarian? Yes, that's that. Like, uh, yes, yeah, a, a, re- a reductarian or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm like, boy, Peter, I'm a boy. You'd be so proud of me. Like, I only <laughs> kind of have one bit of steak a week, and you know, it was only 125 grams. Nice porterhouse cut. Um, <laughs> and like, I'll do a like stir fry with you know, chickpeas or, mm. you know, cashews. So I'm basically a vegan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm coming for you, Azaria. Coming for <laughs> You're you. going to take my gig. Yeah. 
All right. Well, um, yeah. So you're going to um, come to the Brisbane event? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And depending on the Sweet. dates, maybe I'll even try and get to the Melbourne one because I've got to book a trip there soon. Oh, yes. So that would be really yes. cool. Oh, are you going to come down and play in a couple of weeks? Or is that happening? Is for Sydney? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because I've got to be there on the Tuesday. I'll probably go there on the Monday as well. So, and then, so you'll go on Monday the 19th? Yeah, but I might just um, book for the weekend prior to that as well and come and see you. Yeah, cool. That would be cool. Um, yeah, let me know. Before we'll you fly off out. to New Zealand. New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to Christchurch, everyone. So um, good. So I've, uh, I'm writing a book um, and it needs to be done by the end of May. So is that first draft or final ready to rock? They want my manuscript. Oof. So puppy G's going to be busy. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I figure, look, I need to, um, cause a lot of you have done the Glenn James spending plan. Um, we're just about to reshoot all of that stuff. Um, there's a, a heap of the videos where I did it in an apartment in, Brooklyn. In, mm. Actually, it was in Williamsburg. No, it was. I stayed at a place called Greenpoint. I uh, had a nice apartment there and I just went there for like seven days and spent seven days shooting a heap of the Glen James spending plan, like additional modules. Was that when you had that crazy view of Times Square? Mm, uh, it was the same trip. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so for me, I need to do, you know, there's a book by Cal Newport called Deep Work. Mm-hmm. And for me- to do deep work, one of my things is because I get so distracted, they call it the grand gesture approach mm-hmm. where you make this grand gesture of I'm flying to New Zealand, spending seven days there. All I'm doing is the book. Mm-hmm. And that was when I went to New York. I'm there for seven days. All I'm really doing is filming the spending plan. So, see, so I'm going to go over there on the 27th. And spend a week there in Christchurch. Yep. Awesome. So I've got this cool, um, if anyone's been there, it's Pepper's Christchurch. And I've got this Lakeview room and I think it's, you know, two floors or something. It's a little suite or a condo thing. And there's a balcony over the lake and I'll just be writing. Um, That'll be so nice. Setting the intention in a beautiful location. It. It's going to be an amazing I mean, I'll get back and I'll get back and it won't be written, but I'm not going to have it. <laughs> Are you going to switch your phone off? Are you going to be uh, go on a social media detox? No. Oh, nah, because I'm going to get really lonely by myself oh, over there. I'm trying true. to get Phil to come. Oh, yeah. <laughs> can you tell Phil, can you tell Phil tomorrow, seriously? Yeah. Say, Glenn told me you're going to New Zealand with him. That would be awesome. Because I said to him, I said, just come over and work on the business. But, but Glenn, you just put out an insurance episode. We're about to be the busiest we've ever been. And now you're taking my boss away from me. <laughs> I know. So everyone, yeah. So Phil did the episodes um, last week with, um, yeah, the insurance. Mm-hmm. And I said to Phil, yeah, just seriously come and work on your business. Do processes and all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can still do meetings remote. And it's only because I just want a friend to like have brunch with or dinner. <laughs> and I said to him, I said, I'm... I'm not there to freaking play with you, mate. I'm yeah. just there, like, I just want a friend. I just want you there when it's convenient for me. Yeah, and he's like, oh, can you change it to Queenstown because I can get a direct flight from <laughs> Melbourne to Queenstown? I'm like, no, I've already booked my flight. Qantas won't let me change the suburb that it's flying into. This is about uh, me. Yes, thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, message him and say, yeah, Glenn said you're going to New Zealand. I'll, I'll take it under consideration. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so maybe maybe I can do a Christchurch little meetup one night. I was thinking that it would be a shame if you went all the way to New Zealand. Three people that listen in Christchurch. (laughs) You could probably message them directly. There wouldn't be too many. Totally. No, we've got a few Kiwis that listen. It's been really cool. cool. Actually, my goal is to do a live tour in New Zealand one time. Mm, That'd be awesome. Maybe in Auckland or something like that. Yeah, definitely. All right. Thus concludes our after party people, um, which is basically just Azari and I catching up that you heard. So, <laughs> you know, it's very well. What's now. on the box is what's on the inside of Glenn. <laughs> Get what you hear, people. It's so. very true. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, right. Glenn. Nice. No Blessings. Chat to you soon.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.